0: Hello again, everyone. This is Fort Wayne Mayor Tom Henry, and you're listening to the Mayor Tom Henry Podcast. Thank you for joining us on this snowy winter day in February. Now, this is episode number 52, recorded on Monday, February 15th, 2021, from Citizen Square in downtown Fort Wayne. Now, before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our street department for keeping our roads safe during this snowy winter season. Our department's been very busy these last few weeks, and I'm proud of how they've maintained and cleared our roads. For our residents, please remember to drive slowly, maintain proper distance between you and the next car, and leave a few minutes early to your destination. Okay, now let's get back to our program. Today, I'm happy to welcome and speak with 5th District City Councilman Jeff Paddock. Councilman Paddock is currently serving his third term on the Fort Wayne City Council and has been a tremendous help in building the momentum that we're currently experiencing in Fort Wayne, especially downtown. He is a lifelong resident of Fort Wayne and currently serves on several boards and commissions that make our community a better place. Councilman, welcome to our program. Good to be with you, Mr. Mayor. It's a a real pleasure. Jeff, if I may call you Jeff. Uh, I have a number of questions that have surfaced from not only my staff, but from the citizens as well. I'd I'd like to start off by uh, asking you a little bit about uh, your job as not only a city councilman, and we'll get into that in a minute, but also the executive director of Headwaters Park. Can you tell us a a little bit about uh, what uh, you do as executive director and And maybe even a little bit about what you do in your spare time besides going to city council meetings. Right.
1: Well, thanks, uh, Mayor. I appreciate that. And, you know, uh, January marked my 28th year with with Headwaters Park. And there's a long story of that that I will try to summarize. But (laughs) we started out as the Headwaters Park Commission in January of 1993. And as you recall, you were one of our strong supporters as a city council member. Uh, and that was the uh, private sector group, the Headwaters Park Commission, to design, raise the funds and build Headwaters Park and then uh, and leaving it with an endowment. And then when that work was completed, uh, the Headwaters Park Commission uh, sunsetted and the Headwaters Park Alliance came in about 20 years ago, 2000, 2001, uh, to manage, maintain and kind of make improvements. So my job has been to uh, Uh, manage, I think, a great facility that is still a nice diamond in the uh, downtown uh, Fort Wayne. and also acts as a flood control component. Obviously, in a normal year, we have a lot of festivals and summer events, not so much in 2020. We'll see about 2021. (laughs) But right now, we're two weeks away from the closing of the 18th ice skating season. And so... Uh, it's, it's kind of a maintenance-intensive job. Uh, sometimes you're working seven days a week or parts of them, uh, but it's fulfilling, and I think Headwaters Park has done a lot to bring folks downtown, in addition to some of the great things you've done as Mayor uh, Tom, if I may say so, and, um, and also something that uh, uh, will hopefully last a long time. But again, uh, Headwaters Park has been a, a great project, and uh, the Headwaters Park Alliance takes pride in managing it
0: and trying to move things forward. Well, Jeff, you uh, you mentioned a little bit about flood control, and I, I don't think a lot of people realize why Headwaters Park was actually built. It wasn't just because we could have some nice pavilions for festival gatherings, but there was actually uh, another very important reason why Headwaters Park was built. Would you want to get yes. into that in a second? Yes, I would. Because you know, I- first and foremost, it is a flood control component.
1: And in the floods of the 1970s, 1980s, and even early 1990s, we saw about $10 million worth of damage done just to that area that we call the thumb, because it's shaped like a thumb, that 30 acres that's just south of the bend of the St. Mary's River before it reaches the confluence. So the um, meaning behind that uh, was to uh, actually provide flood mitigation. You remove the buildings and this is the uh, elements that might uh, block the flood water to, to some extent. And you create kind of a sponge in the downtown area with those 30 acres of grasslands. And so uh, we not only mitigated damage, but we also help in a small way. There are many other uh, substantial flood control projects, but in a small way, by absorbing some of the water when the river rises, we prevent other areas of the city.
0: So during a high
1: water event, that area is supposed to flood. Exactly. And we have found, uh, Mayor, that uh, you know it can flood almost any month out of the year. It even flooded during the Three Rivers Festival about 18 years ago in July of 2003, believe it or not. So that's why sometimes it's difficult to spread out and use that as a lot of people would like because it is a flood control and it can flood. And that's why we try to remind folks that if they want to use that for an event, they have to be prepared.
0: To move to higher ground <laughs> if the river comes up. Councilman, you also mentioned a few minutes ago uh, about the ice rink. Now mm-hmm. uh, that opened a couple months ago, and uh, it'll be open for a little while longer. Uh, that has proven to be a a, a real uh, true offering for our, for our community because, if I remember correctly, a lot of the ponds and, and lakes that we had opened before for ice skating, we no longer offer that. Uh, Lakeside Park, uh, right. uh, Franke Park, and so on, for a number of reasons. Uh, primarily because it was really hard, I think, most of the time to ascertain whether or not it was a safe area to skate. And I think in recognition of that, you and others uh, thought that maybe we could flood the uh, uh, the pavilion uh, at uh, at headwaters and offer an ice rink. That's exactly what you did. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit more about the popularity of it and uh, uh, when it's open and and so on? I sure can,
1: Tom. Thank you. And this is our 18th season, which ends on February 28th. And what we do is it's a portable unit. We bring it out in the middle of October. It's kind of laborious. It's kind of like a great big tinker toy set that you've <laughs> got to have a lot of folks working on and. We set this up, make a base out of sand, put all this tubing in, and so on. And then, literally, as it gets colder into November, we start filling it with uh, with water. And we have a refrigeration unit. We don't need on a day like today, but uh, we have a refrigeration unit that works very well when we get into the 40s, even 50s or so, uh, that can keep that ice, you know, in a in a nice uh, position to continue uh, skating. And then, when the uh, season ends. We let it fall out uh, naturally over the, a, a few days. We then, uh, when it melts, we uh, take up the sand and usually <laughs> donate it. I think back to the city uh, street <laughs> department. At least we should. I think we will again this year. And also uh, take the parts and kind of pack them up and put them away. Clean it all up. And as a rule, the first event in the uh, park on that uh, festival pavilion, the Lincoln Pavilion is in April, so we have about five or six weeks. And that usually gives us enough time, even if the weather's inclement, um, uh, even if we have a little bit of a shortage of staff to get that cleaned up. And then we bring it out again each year. So it is portable. Uh, it's a, I think it was a great investment, Mayor. I mean, we had uh, uh, a lot of private money that went into building Headwaters Park. In fact, I've been in part of a, a coalition that raised 12, 13 million over the last 25 years or so. This was an investment that came to us largely thanks to you and you were on city council from the city. And I think we've done very well mm-hmm. with that and keeping that going for 18 years, it's been a good uh, partnership with the parks department in the city and, and brought a lot mm-hmm. of skaters in, over 400,000 in those 18 seasons. And even though we've cut back this year due to the COVID conditions, we'll still
0: have around 20 to 25,000. My gosh, what, what, a, what a, a true addition the, uh, to the events that we can offer in the wintertime in our city. It's uh, uh, it's something that I know a lot of people enjoy. And again, for a number of reasons, we had to keep cutting back on our offerings as far as ice. So the, the fact you and others were able to put that together, a tremendous statement for headwaters. Thank, Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank okay. you. Okay. Let's get into a little bit about your position as the fifth district city councilman. Now, a lot of that is, a lot of your area is now downtown. Yes. Now, when I was on council a number of years ago, uh, the 5th district was nowhere near downtown. You were right. way out south, uh, southwest. But again, demographics have changed because of uh, uh, the census reports and so on. So you have most of downtown. Uh, in fact, how many people do you think you have in your district now?
1: Well, you know, these districts, Mayor, are uh, kind of drawn. We have six uh, districts and three at large. Is <laughs> I'm sure our audience knows. And so the city of Fort Wayne's population is kind of divided into six. So we have about 45,000 residents per council district, which makes ours the largest city council districts in the state because Indianapolis is a larger city, but they have, I think, 25 council right. <laughs> And so we do have a lot. And, you know, uh, thanks to your leadership, and the, the city has done so well, and we have seen population rise with very little annexation. And so we're waiting to see the census reports, but I'm guessing our districts will grow by two mm-hmm. or 3,000 based on the numbers that I have heard. And we will be looking at reapportionment at some point point in mm-hmm. maybe yet in 2021 or certainly 2022 before the next election in 2023, you know, based on what those census numbers are. So it is, it's a challenging position. I enjoy it very much. And yes, it's great to have downtown Fort Wayne in the riverfront. Uh, in the heart of your district, uh, but also a lot of great neighborhoods. And thanks for the partnership that we've had with the uh, the city and the city administration to provide more infrastructure mm-hmm. and improvements for neighborhoods. Uh, and that continues to be a goal of mine in
0: 2021, and 2022. Well, I know that you get a number of phone calls and emails and, and uh, tweets and, and all the other new social media offerings. Uh, so I know that you're constantly asked to provide everything from help with sidewalks and curbs and streets and and tree pruning and so on. But I know one of your biggest areas of concentration over the past several years has been the electric works right. campus. Yes, and I know that you were passionately involved with it in meetings and the like. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about your dreams for Electric Works. Everyone knows by now that the funding has been put into place. They have been uh, starting their construction. In fact, if you drive by it, you'll see a lot of work going on. Uh, But I know, again, you've been intimately involved. Can you tell us a little bit more about your dreams for uh, the Electric Works campus and and what uh, what you see as what might possibly happen in the next several years?
1: I, I can, uh, Mayor, thank you for that. I, you know, several years ago, uh be almost six now in 2015, and I was approached by some concerned citizens who saw some demolition going on there at the General Electric plant. And the thought was, well, what would happen if all of that uh, became demolished? You've got 30, 32 acres of property that would not pr- potentially be a, a real income producer. And so the thought was, what can we do maybe to renovate this. One of the, uh, I think, examples that I looked to, Mayor, was uh, the old Studebaker plant in downtown South Bend, which is not as large as this, but it gave an example of what could be done. And that took years to put together, I'm told, maybe 15 or 20, but a lot of that was uh, completed in the last few years, public sector, private sector, entrepreneurs you know getting together. So that was a little bit of an example to, to see you know thanks to your leadership a uh, bipartisan coalition of city council uh, lots of folks uh, that supported this we we worked and we put a good plan together that is now in place and prudent uh, leadership stepping back look at some thing looking at some things and maybe making some better suggestions i think will make this project stronger as we go into the next few years so i'm very excited i think the neighborhoods that surround electric works are excited to see something like this be uh, the center of, of, of a lot of activity, uh, jobs and uh, economic development later, perhaps some housing. And because of that, I think property values will uh, certainly, sure. certainly uh, stabilize and that area has been hit hard since that factory closed and we'll it, see them yeah, improve.
0: Yeah. It, it has been undoubtedly. and You know, there were, there are some, Several areas around town where the housing market has been struggling because of the loss of a lot of manufacturing jobs, whether it was GE or International Harvest or the Dana Corporation, a lot of areas where decent housing was being offered for years, and then when those manufacturing jobs left, uh, they took it on the chin. And uh, it's glad I'm glad to see that. Uh, we could maybe turn some things around over the next several years. Absolutely. Tell me about your ideas about the future of Fort Wayne. Uh, Jeff, you've been on council now, you know, three terms, Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, obviously you know some of the inner workings and you and I have shared on a number of occasions uh, some of our vision, but what about you personally? Where would you like to see Fort Wayne go in the future?
1: Well, you know, I am very intrigued by the fact that we have been able to reduce i think the exodus of folks in the inner city the central city moving out into the suburbs i think we are seeing that now decline substantially and i've been keeping my eye on that because as i mentioned earlier uh, mayor we have done very little annexation in my uh, 10 years in office or about to be 10 years Uh, and so the good news is that more people are coming back I think projects like electric works, projects that we will see on the North River, very exciting potential. I was in the Bloomingdale neighborhood for a meeting on Saturday morning with the police chief and others. They're very excited about the potential. Those kinds of projects are not only stabilizing our neighborhoods and I think improving property values, but um, encouraging individuals to come back to Fort Wayne, live in Fort Wayne. you know, uh, particularly when you see around some of these areas, younger people going in and purchasing homes, they're fixing them up, they're rehabilitating them, uh, and they're living there and they want to live and work near and a very a, a center of activity, strong center of activity. So I think that is the future uh, for at least the time being. Uh, I, I think that we always have a challenge in distributing our services. But I think we've done a good job. You've done a good job as mayor, Tom, if I may say so. And I think city council has worked pretty well on a bipartisan basis with you. We've got to invest in downtown. We've got to invest in riverfront projects like electric works in North River and continue the momentum in our neighborhoods with uh, infrastructure and utility services. And as long as we can keep that balance, that's that's my I guess that's my vision. Maybe that's not as exciting as some people <laughs> want to hear that we're going to build some Emerald uh, City or whatever. But to keep this momentum going and keep Fort Wayne moving in the right direction, I think is essential.
0: Speaking of moving in the right direction, you've also been very involved in the possibility of bringing passenger rail back to our city. And I know I've had a chance to meet with your group uh, from time to time and I certainly monitor your progress, and uh, I'd like for you to share with us a little bit more about what you've been working on and whether or not you feel that our new secretary of transportation, uh, Pete Buttigieg, who used to be the mayor of South Bend, and now, as I mentioned, is the new secretary of transportation, whether or not you feel that is going to help us move down the road, if you will, a little bit. Uh, I do, uh, Mayor, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Uh,
1: I have been a supporter of this, a proponent of this for a long, long time, and now serve as a volunteer board member for the Northern Indiana Passenger Rail Association. And we meet uh, uh, periodically. We, we're working on a couple of fronts. Uh, first of all, we've been working to try to get the mayors along the corridor Gary, uh, Valparaiso, Plymouth, Warsaw, of course, Fort Wayne, Lima, Ohio, and so on, uh, energized working with their state governments. Um, and trying to influence state legislators to invest in passenger rail when, you know, the uh, situation comes forward. Uh, secondly, um, we're very pleased that we have a president of the United States and Joe Biden, and now a secretary of transportation, Pete uh, Buttigieg, the former mayor of South Bend, who are also strong proponents mm-hmm. of passenger rail, and we see perhaps a better opportunity for a partnership mm-hmm. with the state. And the federal governments and of course including uh, the local governments and third if i may um i think there's a lot of um, interest in the private sector of participating you know normally government does all of this there may be some room for the private sector to invest seeing that um this is a potential big job creator we see maybe 20 or thirty thousand jobs in the next couple of decades Indiana, Ohio, even some of Illinois, if we have a sector like this completed. And Chicago to Columbus is a very important link in a national transportation, a rail transportation network. Uh, so we're right in the middle of that. We want to keep that momentum going. And yes, there is a cost to this, just like building roads and highways and bridges. But it is something that's essential for
0: transportation and I think economic development. Am I correct in saying that uh, I, uh, I believe I read that it would actually be more uh, cost effective if we were to put in the money towards rail than to build another highway going from let's say from here to Chicago. It would be cheaper right. to to actually do the rail than with the highway.
1: I think it is, Mayor. In fact, uh, You know, the Interstate 69 extension that's been in the works for 20 years, is still ongoing. Uh, I've heard estimates of $20 million a mile because you've got to buy so much land, and you you have to have so much grade separation and it's very expensive to build roads. Um, This is a, a corridor that obviously has to be upgraded to serve both passenger and freight, but about 100 miles or so of track is straight as an arrow from Fort Wayne up through you know, Valparaiso and so on, and it's a perfect stretch to make improvements. Um, depending on how fast trains would go will depend on what has to be done, but certainly some signals, uh, passing track, so we don't impede the freight trains. We cannot stand in the way of freight traffic. And if we are stuck behind freight traffic and hours late into Chicago or some other place, folks won't use the passenger train. So we've got to work that out. and that's not that difficult. Um, We have passing track signals, perhaps some overpasses, but when you kind of compile that, it is much less expensive. And, you know, we can move a lot of individuals, and we always want to keep in mind that some individuals who are disabled or can't afford a car or to fly, this would be a mode of transportation that could move uh, them. And, of course, add to tourism into Fort Wayne with the train station, here at the Baker Street. There's lots of possibilities, lots of really positive things, business travel and so on.
0: So I think it's something to really keep working on. Yeah, much of the right way has already been acquired by the railroad. Uh, so that part of the formula has already been taken care of. And uh, now I believe you know a lot of the rail might need to be replaced to take on passenger rail, but a lot of it, or I should say, at least part of it's already been done, and also, uh, weren't they? Uh, what were they thinking about if this were successful, then uh, to then go east, maybe from Columbus to Pittsburgh, right? And if you go from, uh,
1: by the way, Mayor Columbus, Ohio, is I believe the largest city in the country without uh, passenger yeah. rail, and they're 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 wanting to see this restored mm-hmm. as well, and the link to Chicago through Fort Wayne or right in the middle is a good link but you're absolutely right then to the east you can go to pittsburgh and make connections uh you know almost anywhere even south to washington dc sure. and our southern states. so it's a it's a natural uh you know junction actually to
0: do that it's exciting it really is to be able to go from you know pittsburgh to chicago ultimately uh, in a very short period of time on even if it's not high speed rail the trains of today already go pretty pretty fast uh, so it's uh, and and they're very pleasant. It's not the trains of old that uh, some of us who have been around a while uh, remember. These are pretty nice trains. Uh, so I I, uh, I encourage everyone to uh, uh, to support it and to stay with you uh, uh, along the path. It's uh, I think we're on our way to you know, towards something that's really good for our community. Finally. Uh, What's the best way for your constituents to contact you or if there's someone else in the city who would like to lend their support either towards the Electric Works Initiative or towards uh, the rail uh, discussion, uh, how, can they, how can they reach you?
1: Well, thanks Mayor. You know, I do try to be accessible and I do have a listed home phone number. Not there very much, but <laughs> you can leave a message. I'll call you back. <laughs> Uh, folks are welcome to call me at my office, uh, and I can give that, get, get back with them at a later date. I believe our council assistant, Megan Floor, mm-hmm. is also offers a number for folks to call in. I've got an email address, uh, and I think the city has an email address. Um, you know, things have changed during this pandemic, but, you know, I'm hopeful that we can get back to some neighborhood walks uh, this summer, I like to go to neighborhood meetings and to the southwest mm-hmm. area and the other area partnerships. Actually, the fifth district is divided into three partnerships now, or three quadrants. Mm-hmm. So that keeps us busy. But there are a lot of um, lot of opportunities, and I'm I'm very accessible, very open to talking and meeting with folks. And I return phone calls within
0: 24 hours, Mr. Mayor. I, that's one thing I pride myself on. <laughs> so they can get hold of you through the city council office. They can. Uh, and ask for megan and then she will forward to them your your information on your on your telephone numbers email addresses and the. And i don't mind giving a number if you want me to uh, my my home number is listed
1: it's uh, of course area code 260 432 5700 432
0: 5700 councilman thank you so much unfortunately that's all the time we have for today but you know before we leave the the waves uh I have got to say, I've been involved in, in city government you know, for, oh my gosh, 30, 34 years. And uh, every once in a while you, you run across a, a city councilman who is truly passionate about what they do and how involved they, uh, they are in the community. And I don't mind saying this publicly, Councilman Paddock, uh, you're probably one of the best city council members that I've come across. Uh, you go to all of the functions, you go to neighborhood association meetings, you go to, to quadrant meetings. Uh, you, you always make yourself available uh, to, to discuss and debate certain issues. Uh, so I want to say publicly that uh, the work that I've seen you perform over the three terms that you've been on council has uh, truly been admirable. That's very kind of you, uh, it's, it's Mayor. It's true. It's true. And I've known a lot of city council members. (laughs) And it's a pleasure to work with you. You're an outstanding mayor; You've done a great job. Well, thank you very much. And thank all of you for joining us today. Uh, It's another great day in the city of Fort Wayne. Let's keep our momentum going. This is Mayor Tom Henry, and we'll see you again soon.